It's uh, April 21st. Two thousand. No, it's not. Who put twenty-first here? I did. Okay, you are a week behind. Twenty-eight. I thought it was. You're good. only seven days. I was looking at the card on top. Well, that's last week. That's what I mean. But a week later, it'd be twenty. First, it says twenty-first. Well, I was looking at the one that said fourteen. I think. Yeah, there's one under his fourteen. Okay, that's a good deal. We're all squared away. It is April 28th. I don't know what week it is. April 28th, 2022. We all went with it. Um, so we're on a prayer list. Uh, Ray for him and, and Judy, his wife, and pray for those that are sick and um, uh, people that are needing help, um, you know, with their health. Uh, the Ukraine mess to be settled, I think that says. Peace and safety. For all, salvation for all. We should pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We're praying also for Philip Parks for his needs. Um, Bob's children, Stephanie and Mike, unsafe family members of Bob's up toward uh, Jersey Way and uh, situation in Europe. His friend Don Questenberry for health issues. Pray for our government and our so-called leaders. <laughs> No doubt. Marcos, for uh, his son, he's wanting people to pray for salvation for his son, that many, many witnesses of the word would come to his son, Chuck Knipp, and also for Chuck's father to do well and be well. Vassy and Linda, John and Ruby, friends of the podcast that listen to us and also the Bible study. Marta and Charles, our friend Gary for blessings of wellness. Ted, Eric, Rex, Reverend Davis and family, America, unsaved family members. James and John, Travel, Grace and Mercies, Stephen, Boyles, the lost of his mother, and Elijah and Lydia and Emma Lynn. And um, Mark would be also on that list. Melissa. Melissa. Two had lost their, their mother. Carolyn Eanes and the family and John Green family, our troops, again for Reverend Davis family, our police, fire, EMS workers, uh, John and Kathy Rittenauer, uh, hoping that they'll both get well soon and be back with us. I'm sorry? Are they still Well, John hurt his back real bad and he was not even able to get up and about. Hopefully that's improved. I think Kathy may have just been having some allergies or something. Respiratory, so I'm not sure. Anyway, God knows. Uh, let's join hands. And Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this time we could come together to meet, to break bread together in Christian fellowship, to open our minds and our hearts to the teaching of your Holy Spirit by the reading of your word. Be with us tonight, Lord. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's look at uh, Hebrews chapter 1. Just want to get this posted.
phones run slow. Hebrews chapter 1. It starts out, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. We have a lot of what Jesus had to say recorded in the Gospels. And he is saying, the, the, the writer is saying that in these last days, Jesus has spoken to us. It used to be that God had the prophets, the major prophets, the minor prophets. You know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, you know, Ezekiel, Daniel, and then you had the other prophets. They wrote smaller treatises, but they were all prophets that were writing by the unction of God's Holy Spirit. They're not doing that now. There are all kinds of people out there that claim to be prophets. The Bible tells us, and I'm going to state my place in Hebrews because I think we'll just read all the way through as much as we can, that first chapter at least. If, uh, Deuteronomy, uh, it's in a couple of places. I know it's in chapter 18. Um, verse uh, 20 says but the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name which I have not commanded him to speak or that shall speak in the name of other gods even that prophet shall die and if thou say in thine heart how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken when a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. He made it up. Kim Clement was one of these. And there have been several others, maybe not as well known, but... I remember Clement saying that uh, 2016, Hillary was going to win the election and be the president. Obviously, that didn't happen. He said uh, that was as far back as 08, you know, when Obama won. It wasn't going to be Obama that won. It was going to be Rudy Giuliani, Ken Clement said. Thus saith the Lord, he said. What I can't understand is why anyone, after knowing you got scripture there in Deuteronomy 18, we just read it, why would you continue to listen to these characters? Keyword is knowing. Yeah. You got to know what the Bible says. It says, don't listen, don't be afraid. They've spoken that presumptuously. It didn't happen. God didn't say that. <clears throat> they still build up women. Oh, I know. From time to time. 
Got he, part of his show and then he, he fell dead with aneurysm during one of those. Who did? Kim Clement, the so-called prophet. I think God just got tired of it, you know, and just dropped him like a hammer, you know. But he would get these people whipped up into a lather. Oh, they're coming from all over to hear what Kim Clement has to say when God has already said what is necessary. He has spoken to us in the last days, verse 2 of Hebrews 1, by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Don't miss that. By whom also he made the worlds. By Jesus Christ he made the worlds. Christ is, we'll see elsewhere in the Bible, the visible image of the living God. Until you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God and sealed, you end up not believing this. You see people say all the time, oh, well, Jesus was a good man. Well, he was a, he was a prophet, wasn't he? They have no clue who Jesus Christ was and is. We'll read further. Who be in the brightness of his glory, an express image of his person, Christ is the express image of God's person. We're three because we're created in his image. He says early in Genesis, let us create man in our image, body and soul and spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5. Flip there right quick and we'll come back to Hebrews. some interesting observations he never said he was a prophet he never claimed to be he said I had a vision let me tell you what I saw and that's a different thing and uh, we were talking one time about dreams too and another one is Henry Kruger I'm not familiar with him Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 in the very God of peace sanctify you wholly w-h-o-l-l-y completely and i pray god your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the lord jesus christ spirit soul and body why do we have a spirit soul and body because god has a spirit soul and body and we're made in his image that makes sense right a lot of folks and i don't mind telling them even when we're doing shooting classes to talk about how the how your mind is not your brain. Your mind uses your brain like a computer. Like a computer to maneuver the body through life and to keep the body alive and so forth. But the mind never dies. That's what I need, a new computer. You need a new brain? Yeah, but you'll get one. We'll all get what we need in due course. But um you know, not being made out of organic matter, your mind cannot die. I told a guy the other day, you will never, throughout eternity, lose consciousness. You will never lose consciousness. You will always be aware 
of yourself and your situation. So we need to be very careful then, don't we? And think about that. And uh, no one is going to go to hell and be separated from God for eternity who did not willingly do that, who did not willfully reject him, followed after false gods, angry with God. So, uh, who be in the brightness of his glory, this is verse 3 again, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now Stephen the prophet in Acts chapter 7, you know, it, it had been always said, you, you know, God told Moses, you can't see my face and live. So Stephen, in verse 54, was, he was stoned to death for just telling them the truth, for telling these Pharisees the truth. It says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly unto heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. It's like seeing the mind and the body at the same time, and that's what he saw. But he was dying. That's how he was able to see the glory of God. Moses in Exodus chapter 33 said, Show me your glory. Now this is in the same chapter where earlier it said when he talked to the Lord, he spoke to him face to face as a friend speaks to a friend. And then later, Moses said in that same chapter, show me your glory. And God said, nobody can see my face and live. But there is a place near me in the cleft of the rock. Jesus is always typified as the rock throughout Scripture. Um, he said, I'll hold you in that cleft and you can see part of me as I pass by. You cannot see my face and live, though. Shots back of God. That's it. He just saw, saw part. He saw the image of Christ, the body of God, but not the mind of God, not the soul. But Stephen here has seen the soul of God, and um, he says he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. God's body is Jesus Christ. That's his body. And that was the first body he made. And he made that body, he calls his only begotten son, before the planets were hung in the universe. Because this says back in Hebrews, verse 2 again, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So as God has moved throughout the universe, creating the planets, the stars, 
all of the stuff they study and they think they know so much and they know so little. But Christ designed it. He was God. He is God. He said some things to us in these four Gospels that we have. He has taught us things. In the book of Revelation, is it the revelation of John the Apostle? No, it's called the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's the one who gave these words. He has told us what is to come. By His Holy Spirit, we've got the letters that Apostle Paul wrote about what is to come. I cannot understand how people who profess to be born-again Christians get so mixed up with their doctrine. This kingdom now stuff. In the kingdom now, they want to fix everything up real nice so that the Lord will look down and just say, hey, I... I kind of like what y'all done with the place. I, I guess it's time to come back. Basically, they have to tear a revelation out of the Bible and throw yeah. it in the trash. And... That's post-millenarium is a nutshell. Yeah, and a lot of them think we're in the millennium. Seventh-day Adventists, we're in the millennium. Mm-hmm. All... Some think we're in the tribulation. Now, that's crazy. Uh, Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> revelation 1, 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him. Who's the him? I guess to Christ. Yeah, Yeah, he gave him to him. This is what's happening. And the Lord spoke then to the apostle John and told him to write these things down, the things that are and things that are going to be. Now, it doesn't say when he gave him that revelation. No, it doesn't. Probably after he was a mature man or during the process of being a mature man. He was on the Isle of Patmos. In the body. Are you talking about Christ's body? Yeah. Well, um, our desire to see what's coming is a basic human desire. You wish you could tell what's going to be next. Um, And in effect, you can, to an extent, by what has been written. Things are not going to get better. Things, you know, um, I just do not get how some of these folks think and teach what they think and teach. Money, most of it. Money, I guess, yes, in places that you're raised up in, you're raised up inside the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Now, I don't say that they're not saved. They recognize Christ as God. They recognize that he's the only way to salvation. They, they, they do have the basics down. They believe he paid for our sins by dying and rising again. He, he rose again. They, they believe all that. So they just, where it comes to their eschatology is a big issue with them. And then they also believe this other teaching, these writings of this so-called prophetess, Ellen White. Well, and keeping part of the law. Yeah, they want you to keep the Sabbath on Saturday, and they literally think that if you're not doing that, that you're not going to heaven. Well, they fail to read the book of Romans, I guess. uh, Well, they read it, and then they just disregard it. it. People don't allow their truth models to be altered by Scripture. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of that, though. Well, a lot of people don't even read it. They just believe what they hear from other people. What they've been told. 
Well, Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. And conversely, to whom little is given, little is required. You know, if you were raised up in a family that you were not taught to, to read the Bible, it was impugned, and you really don't know that much about it, God looks on your heart. He'll introduce himself to you at some point in your life. Might be early, might be late, but he will. So, um, the nature of Christ is really clearly laid out very early in Hebrews. You know, of course, that he's God. He's the first begotten son and the only begotten son, the body of God. You know that by his body, he created the universe, the worlds, this says in the King James. And he is the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, it says in verse 3. And verse 4 says, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. One thing we know about God's angels is a third of them committed mutiny and followed Satan and turned on God. You know, uh, I obviously Satan's forces are outnumbered, right? But uh, it's two to one. But uh, these are, of course, powerful angels that serve the devil, that help him to do his bidding. Fallen angels. Fallen angels are not demons. The book of Enoch talks about this. Enoch is not in this Bible. I'm not saying you should hang your hat on any of that. Other than you will see it quoted in the book of Jude, the book of Enoch. There's a passage that was quoted before the book of Enoch was ever found. And then one day it was found. In the um, Dead Sea Scrolls of Qumran, uh, they had copies of the Old Testament writings there. And from what I read, they were intact. They were verbatim. And there with them all was the book of Enoch. The book of Enoch says that the demons are the souls. Remember, the soul can't cease to exist. The soul is something that will always be. But they were the souls of the hybrids. The fallen angels had children by human mothers because they thought they were pretty. And uh, they bore children, and these offspring became the uh, giants, or the Nephilim, they're called in the Hebrew. They did things like they built the pyramids. They made all these other structures that we have no earthly idea how they did it. They did a lot of things. Stonehenge, Easter Island. Mm-hmm. Those Easter Island, they found out those heads. It's a full body. It's a full body. You know, and, and see, old pagan cavemen if that's what you really had this whole idea that there were ever cavemen there might have been people who lived in caves but they weren't dragging their knuckles and swinging a stick with a nail in it to get yeah, their early Christians lived in caves yeah because they had to hide, hide and some um, some people in certain parts of the world caves are very mm. very safe uh, to in shelter but uh yeah, the Taliban thinks so. And I guess they've been proven right. Well, except when they drop a Moab and it sucks all the air out of them. 
You know, uh, Paul said, and I believe he wrote Hebrews, said that that uh, in the 11th chapter about Christians um, being mistreated and having to wander about and live in caves. Yeah. Hey. Hey, hey. Look him up with some coffee, somebody. How you doing? Can you get by? Maybe. We are in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. How is everybody? Thank the Lord. Amen. <laughs> so, um, Jesus is higher than the angels. He created them. He created them. And he created them with a free will. They could either choose to love him and be with him through eternity, or they could choose to hate him and turn on him. Who would want a child who was forced to love you? Somewhere, I don't know where it is in there, so it's probably that could be an interpretation in Job, uh, but he wouldn't have been called Jesus there. But he is depicted there multiple times. Um, so uh, we'll read on. Being made much better than the angels. What verse are you on? Uh, we're going to verse 5 now in Hebrews 1, verse 5. Okay. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Only to Jesus did the Lord God ever say that. He said it about the body he made for himself. Verse 6. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. Now, all God's angels did worship him, but Satan's angels hate him. Verse 7, and the angels, and of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and ministers a flame of fire. God's angels are always busy. The devil's angels are also busy. This is why we ought not go any length of time at all during the day without reverencing God, acknowledging Him, thanking Him, praising Him. And as well, we worship God, don't we? We're supposed to. So, how's a good way to worship? His nature is revealed in the things that have been made, according to Romans chapter 1. So, when we look at nature, did you guys see that, uh, my octopus teacher documentary? Oh, you got to look at that. It's on Netflix. When you see it's an, just an amazing things that God has made and created... Um, we can worship him for having done such wonderful things. You can't do that. You can't make an octopus or teach it what to do 
and how to survive. You can't do that. But God did. He did do that. So you, you should be amazed. Just like it wonderful poetry or music or art. You, if you're stunned by it, you wonder, who did this? Who is the person who wrote this? And that's what we should do as we worship God. Who made these flowers? Who designed these colors? There is nothing beautiful that he did not do. So we see his nature in the things that he has made for us to see. Let's just read that so nobody gets the wrong idea. We're not worshiping nature. We're not worshiping created things. Go to Romans chapter 1. Verse 18. I like verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I was ashamed one day. <laughs> and boy, did the Lord ever hit me right between the eyes. I had this NIV Bible here, and I was on the parkway riding my motorcycle. And... Um, Stopped at one of those little places you pull off. And this other bunch of folks come in, about half a dozen on their Harleys, and starting to get beers out of their saddlebags and cutting up, carrying on, and cursing and whatnot. And I guess it was yeah, a little chilly. I had my leather coat. And I had already sat down with this Bible and opened it on my lap. And as they drew a little closer, I pulled my coat up a little bit. I didn't want them to see my Bible. September 17th, 2006, that was the date. Because when I opened my eyes, the very scripture they fell on was verse 16 of Romans 1, which says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. I'll put it in my notes. Blue Ridge Parkway, 917-06. We ought not be ashamed. Don't ever be ashamed of the name of Christ. I'm in Romans 1. Verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Simply put, there is a creation, therefore there is a creator. So many atheists just love the beauty of nature. They worship it. They worship trees. You know, the, as some of them on one of the Facebook forums the other day just falling all over themselves wanting to see this little horse saved, little pony. And I don't want to see horses killed if there's a place they can go and live. I don't. 
But the irony is that most of those people that wanted to so desperately see that little horse saved think it's okay to kill babies. Right. Yeah. Right. And there is a, it's in California now. They're working on passing a law. You can come from any state in the nation and get a free abortion in California. And they're debating the 28-day period after the child has emerged from the womb where they can still decide in the first four weeks of its life whether to kill it or not. Now, and you wonder why God made hell. I said earlier today, Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. The Lord God has prepared a place for us. And he's also prepared a place for the people that do that to babies. Kill a live baby in the first month of its life? You can't even pretend it's not not a baby now. Right? I don't get that. Well, I do. They're, 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 they're demon-hacked, these people. That's what the problem is. Okay, moving on in Hebrews. I'm going to go to uh, verse 8. But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment, and as a vesture shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? That's uh, in the uh, Psalms. Are they not all ministers, ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Aren't these angels ministering spirits? And they're sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Well, I'm sure God told whatever angels were assigned to me, He's uh, he's mine. Yeah, he don't look like it. No, you're right. He doesn't look. He doesn't look like it. Don't let him wreck right here because that's about to happen. Don't let him, you know, do this. Sometimes I I remember is my buddy Rex and me and these two girls that was in the back seat of that Mustang of his '82. He'd done a lot of hopping up on that motor, the GT Mustang. Was that the five-minute trip to Whitfield? I wasn't long for that. I was on the five-and-a-half-minute trip this time. <laughs> and we come out of the tunnel wide open. We went through the tunnel so fast nobody remembered going through it. And got to the county line. You just peeked that hill coming this way, and it's a curve around to the right, and we were in the right lane. And the car came up 
it came loose from the road at that rate of speed and just floated into the left lane like a magic carpet and sat back down and kept going. I asked Rex if he did that. He said he didn't do it. That's how close, but I think, I wonder now. I don't know how many others of us who were in that car, one of those gals has already passed on, but I don't know how many of us belonged to God, but his angels were sent for our sakes, ministering spirits. Now, to minister means to tend to or to serve. It doesn't mean to sit there and, and, and preach the whole time. Ministering can be putting his mighty hand on that car and keeping it from coming off the highway at 120 mile an hour. I think if some of us will remember, he may have saved all of us at times over our lives. Different things, different times. Um, you look back and you say, how did I live through that? Well, because potentially you lived through that because a ministering spirit, an angel from the Lord protected you because that angel was told, this one's mine. Don't let her die. Don't let him die. Another reason, that's what we were talking last week about prayer. If the parents pray for you, other people pray for you that you don't even know. Those prayers that go up, when that time comes, those prayers are answered, and that angel comes down mm. and take care of you. Amen. I know one lady, her name was Elaine Strock at the time. I know she mm. prayed for me when I was little. Uh, I don't know who else did. Your mom probably prayed for Joey and me. Ray's mother was a wonderful woman of God. And you need these prayers. Yes. You need the prayers of the saints. Um, you know, and we, Paul even asks for them. It's in Second um, Thessalonians two, Second uh, Thessalonians, and it's chapter three. The first verse, Paul writes, "Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you." Uh, minister I heard today mentioned that scripture and he said now if the apostle Paul needed prayer and asked for prayer don't you think you do too you need prayer and it's okay to ask for prayer even if an unbeliever says pray for me I, I've, I've got a problem you know I've, I'm down on my finances I'm trying to get another job pray for me or I'm sick I'm going to the doctor pray for me I got nothing to drive. My car won't go. Pray for me. It's okay to do that, even if they're not a believer. Because by them asking you to pray, they're kind of tacitly acknowledging that there is a God that maybe they don't yet have access to. Right? And if I pray, and God grants my prayer, honors what I ask for the sake of another person, I like to go back and call that to their attention and say, you know, you asked for prayer. I prayed, and maybe others did too, and look what happened. John, Don't... A, John A. even prayed for you too. Yeah. Remember when he had the, the cage out in the backyard there? Oh, you put you all in it? yeah, yeah. John A., Katie was there, and 
grub him down and dig it. He's gonna, John A. always said he's, he's like a groundhog. He's going to dig out. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we were kind of, <coughs> we weren't treated the best. But uh, that's putting it mildly. But, yeah, you get through it. But you do spend the time, or at least I did, when I was angry with God. I didn't have nothing to do with where I was at. I couldn't do anything about it. Well, he could say to me now, well, I did something about it. You're not caged up anymore. You're not getting beaten anymore. So he brought you on through. He brings us on through by angels who know that we belong to him. We'll all leave this world one way or another. I wasn't sure whether my brother, who Forrest and I found dead last August, was a believer until I saw some of the text messages on his phone to the people at the church over there. And then he was praying for Paul Looney, the pastor. Paul passed away two weeks before my brother did. So they're with each other now in the presence of Christ. And then some poems that somebody showed me that he had written. He didn't seem like a Christian. But it was very much a blessing to find out that he was. Yeah. You know, you can live in such a way it makes you look like butter won't melt in your mouth. But you're so mean inside you could drink boiling water and pee ice cubes. And then there's people that are pretty rough around the edges. And uh, what? <laughs> Some people are very rough around the edges, yet they are gods. King David was such a person, I think. Yep. You know, kind of a rough and tumble kind of guy. And a cat chaser. Yeah. yeah. A cat chaser. And yet he was a man after God's own heart. Yeah. A man after Amen. God's own heart. Now we are saved by acknowledging him and believing, believing him when he told us that he came to pay the penalty for our sin. And he died so we would not have to die. And he said we could be born again. All we got to do is believe that he paid the penalty and acknowledge him as for who he is. And we could be born again and that we would never see death. If you know a, a believer in Christ and you see that they have passed on to glory in his presence, they never saw death. They didn't see death. They never saw the fires of hell and the brimstone and the agony and all that's going on there. That place was made for the devil and his angels, and as it turned out, hell hath enlarged itself because, the scripture says, because so many people hate God so much, they'll just go for eternity. They don't know what they're getting into. They really don't. We can't say we know what they're getting into, other than it's not good. It's not good. There have been people who claimed that they had a vision of hell or went there for a little bit. Maybe they did. They come back and talk about how bad it is. And from that day on, they served the Lord. Maybe he gave them a glimpse to come back and 
share with others so that they might be even frightened into not wanting to go there. Some people seem to want to go there. But the only reason for that is they, they have this distorted view of what it's going to be. They think it's going to be a party with the devil in charge. But if they get a glimpse of hell and they come back and don't change, that's their own fault. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Well, uh, we've got a little more time. I'm going to move on into uh, chapter 2 of Hebrews. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Well, let's pause on that one. Dr. Charles Stanley talked about drifting and how a, a born-again believer, a true Christian, can start drifting. He said it's like you're out in the ocean and having a good time and splashing around and maybe you got your little thing you're floating on and you're not paying any attention and you drift out beyond a certain point and you can't get back without a rescue. Now the Lord will rescue you. He won't lose any of those who are His. But this, this verse here, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. I'm going to see what NIV says. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. So you can hear the truth and know the truth and start drifting away from it. Do you know one of Satan's favorite playgrounds, maybe his very favorite playground? Politics, whether it's in Washington or the state capitals and houses, whether it's local. He, he said that the scripture says that Satan has come to steal and to kill and to destroy. And he turns people against each other. People who might even be in the same family. Uh, you know, uh, and it's all over perishable things. Getting people who ought to love one another into arguments. I just, I can't be political anymore. I can't, I can't turn the news on and even listen to any of them. Satan is the author of lies, and he lives in so many of these politicians. And a lot of them have gotten out of politics saying, I can't be a part of that. So sure, he, he definitely, the devil definitely loves making trouble and dividing people. One time he divided the north from the south in this country. And close to 400,000 people died before that one was settled. I fear he is doing this now in the world. 
where we don't know what side to take sometimes. Yes, Reverend. I was listening to the news about, and the president was speaking, and he said they had 40,000 applications of people in the United States that would take in a family from Ukraine. Right. When we see what the devil is doing and see the bad things that's happening, then look at yourself and see how blessed we are. We are very blessed. We're so blessed that we can get up in the morning, go in the kitchen, the lights get you come something on. to eat, go out in the yard. We're blessed. And your people don't even have a place to lay their head. And we run around and act like nothing is going on. That there's no God. There's got to be a God. He's taking care of us. He takes care Bad of us. Bad things happen. You know, if, if the devil gets sick, you don't know what it feels like to be well. Right. If you don't get in trouble, you don't know what it's not to be not in trouble. Then you can look and see how the other person feels. So we're blessed. And I look at all the things that's happening. I thank my God waking me up in the morning. And I open my eyes. I'm blessed. Amen. Not all the other million things mm -hmm. that happen to us. Right. We're just so blessed. It's, it's, we, we are. And he, the Lord expects us to share blessing and to help others. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what the truth is about what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, it's not as cut and dried as the mainstream news wants to say it is. But there's no question that people are suffering. Yeah. Whatever the reason for it all, people are suffering. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said uh, for, I mean, there are people under Putin. His people are also suffering. Sure. And many of them do not like him. No. Most of them probably don't. They're suffering. I mean, they can't, they can't help but that they're Russian and not Ukrainian. That's just where God put them, you know? So these uh, wars only benefit the fat cats and the peasants and the innocent die. But thank God he is going to put an end to all that and that we will at one point in the future beat our swords into plowshares and stop making war but it's going to take his return for that to happen and out of everything that we look at we can see god god in it and i was listening to the talking about taking people in and then they had a group of people that were taking animals that was left taking them in caring for them and I thought about all those puppies and dogs they had on their news looking for homes. Yeah. It's the compassion that you have. And that's why God wants us to love one another. Because love is so, so important. And I thought about you. With all your fish that you take care of and that you raise. All the little things that we do that people take for granted. That just happened. It don't just happen. There's something far more than just what you see. Yes. Amen. You know, the, the Lord is in 
control and he speaks everything to life just by his word you know we get the creation account in genesis you know let there be light let there be firmament let there be animals that creep on the earth and finally let there be man but let him not be alone you know god always knows what he's doing he's told the end from the beginning if, uh, to me if there was one really hard thing about being God it's always knowing what's going to happen it's like watching a movie and you already know how it's going to turn out <laughs> but he does and for our sakes he has placed us into his creation and, and, and the fact that he limits himself on, like for instance he, he forgets our sins if we confess them mm-hmm. he puts them in the bottom of the sea and he doesn't recall them. And when you go and say, Lord, I did it again, I'm sorry. He said, did what? It's, it's covered. He, he's died and covered for our sins. Now, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 6, don't use that as an excuse yes. to live like a hellion. You know, if you love God, well, what if you thought your spouse was never going to leave you? You were always going to have that person. They were faithful, never going to leave. How ought you to respond to that kind of love and dedication? You ought to honor it. You ought not go out catting around, as John says here, <laughs> and make a, uh, make a hash of your life and break the heart of the one who loves you. So we serve God as we ought, if we do, because he first loved us. We try not to disappoint, knowing all the while that if we ever are to disappoint, he's already seen that. He already knew it. Let's read a little further. Verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 2, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? We've got testimony of the very ones who he came to and made disciples and ultimately apostles who had great power through the Holy Spirit in the kingdom. Verse 4, God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. There are people today whose faith is perfected I won't say 100% perfected, but they've got at least the faith of half a mustard seed. They might not move a mountain, but they lay hands on people and pray when God directs them to do it, and that person is made well. They're out there. And it is the power of God, and you don't want to be one of these. And, And they're spoken of as having... A resemblance of of God, but denying the power. Um, 
Now, let me see. I think that might be in Titus, but I could. Yeah, I'm ver- in a form of godliness, but our hearts are yeah. far from it. That's yeah. a good one. Um, verse 16 of Titus 1 says, They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. Yeah. Um, and out there in society, there are a lot of folks that they fit that category. Those who love the Lord are passionate about Him, and they're passionate about His Word. And when you find somebody that's passionate about, so you can be passionate about things, but you know, God doesn't mind you enjoying sports, for instance. Um, I was watching this thing. This is the first season of this new NFL league. It's not NFL. It's USFL. And I don't know who's financed this thing, but it should be interesting. They've got all these drone cameras. I hope they don't crash into the players. But they've got just complete coverage of what's going on in the field. And the football has a transmitter chip in it. And it's plotted on a screen so that you don't wonder where it is. You can see it. It's interesting that they're doing that. And it's okay to like sports. But even the devil has come in there, has he not? Hmm. Dividing. Dividing people. You can't even, you know, even all the way down to... uh, There's local elementary ball games and the parents just get at each other's throats about stuff. Or the coach didn't put your kid in there and you just want to blow up about it. The devil gets his hooks into everything. Even in the church. Even yeah. in the church. Especially in the church. He, yep, he comes right on in there. Sometimes it's in the person of a little old lady who all he wants to do is make cupcakes and sell to finance a, a, a garden out back of the church. But then it starts. <laughs> you know? <laughs> The devil is clever. You can't outsmart him. You cannot outsmart him. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Elon Musk. You can't outsmart the devil. But you can beat him. Yeah. Beat him through Christ. And the Bible tells us resist him and he will flee. I'm going to go a little further in chapter 2 here. Verse 5, For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak, but one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man, that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man, that thou visitest him? That's interesting to think about. And, And when I was not a Christian, when I wasn't born again, I didn't per se deny that God was but I, I contented myself by saying God's done with us well how do you know God's done with you well because how things went for me when I was little I know he's not there and that's alright I can handle it I'm good now I can, I can handle this myself that's the way I thought so 
this scripture we just read says that he's mindful of us. Who are we that he would want to tend to us or care about us? Well, we're made in his image. That might make him care about us. Why did he make us? Just to set us on the river like a little rubber duck and say, Sayonara? <laughs> he didn't do that. He's with you. Always, even before you professed faith in Him, He knew that you'd come along. And you can see people blessed that are not His and will never be His because you asked Him to help that person. Sometimes I've prayed, saying, Lord, I, it sure looks like that person's never going to come to you. It sure looks like they've got eternity in a place away from you. Jesus spoke more about hell than about heaven. A lot more. He wanted people to know that it's not some kind of a, a scam or a scare tactic. It's a real place. But that person can be blessed because you, as one who belongs to the Lord ask for them to be blessed. You have a lot of power through your prayer. Don't underestimate that. One last thing, and I was telling someone this the other day, and to this day, this has been my experience. One prayer that I have prayed that has always, always, always been answered virtually instantly. As Lord, I, I need encouragement. Now you pray, from, you pray from your heart. You pray in the Spirit. You pray meaning it. I need to be encouraged. And He wants us to be encouraged. David encouraged himself in the Lord. So you'll get down. He said in this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I think that's in chapter 16 of John. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Now he's not telling you there that you're going into the tribulation, obviously, because the people who have lived and died prior to us sitting here, well, they didn't go into the great tribulation. The word there, tribulation, means trouble. <coughs> Can be trouble. Various things happen that you have to address. Your car quits on you. Or you know you get a some kind of bugs in your house or something you gotta deal with. They stink. Stink bugs. I haven't seen too many of those. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I've seen Stink bugs? Everybody's seen them. I don't know where they come from, but they still China. They came out of China on them ocean shipping containers. I just hope we sent them something just as aggravating. <laughs> Is that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> we got the stink bugs. They got, they got they the ladybugs. Yeah, we sent yeah. them some ladybugs. I'll send them some earwigs. <laughs> you know, I remember when I was little, you never ever saw an earwig. And these planes flew over. And dumped them all out. And yeah, the these little day, parachutes about that big around. The next day, there was earwigs all over the place. Now, they do mess with nature sometimes, bringing in wolves, 
where they have been taken care of. What are the spiders that we're talking about? We've got two, in the United States, we've got two spiders that are bad news. That's the black widow, and worse than the black widow is the brown recluse. The recluse will cause you to end up getting skin grafts. It won't kill you, but um, people have lost fingers, and, you know, they live in moist places. And you might wonder, Lord, why is this thing here? Are they around here? Oh, yeah. No, you yeah, Very I've rarely do you hear of them. My co-worker found one in his house. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of impersonators. A lot of them that look like a recluse. But I'm, I'm on a... Um, well, they're about a nickel-sized spider. They're not very big. Some of them might get a little bigger, but I'm on a bug forum on, on Facebook and a lot of experts there and people sending pictures of different things. Is this a recluse? And a lot of them look like one, but on a close examination, they've got to have that little shape that uh, looks like a violin, violin. You know, on their back. Now, they want, they're not aggressive. They want, you could, you know, unless you pick one up, it's not going to run after you and bite you. It's, it, it bites in defense. And but, they don't like to be in places that are busy. That's right. That's what they call a recluse. Recluse. First flight one I ever saw was in Charlottesville. We were doing the airport up there. Took the lid off and just pulled the light to reward and all. <laughs> yeah, they kind of cluster in nests. They're very slow, though. They're, they, they won't bother you either. Well, I didn't know it put them on a boat to begin with. Well, that's a good question. And here's, I think, the answer. God doesn't want us to get too comfortable here. And termites, why'd he do that on a wooden boat? Well, shouldn't he show us? <laughs> what did he say? That the moth will eat your garments, you know, and that these, you know, why are thieves here? To break in and steal, you know. Um, why did he put a Democrat on See, you're using politics to divide. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, um, I just, um, like I said, I can't do politics anymore <laughs> because I had gotten behind some people, you know, and then in second look and later on, you think, well, that wasn't right, you know. I thought George Bush was yeah, a great guy. I did too. Turns out he's a, he's a, he's at the peak of evil. Yeah. So I just. We can't know. God's really in control with it. I mean, go vote your conscience, vote your heart or whatever, but, but don't expect miracles from politicians. They're not going to give you any. I don't care what party they belong to. But we're not supposed to be comfortable here completely. There's got to be a little bit of, of an antagonist. Well, if we, we would never call out to God. I bet you get bitten by... A copperhead, he's probably going to be the first one on your mind that you call out to. But you know what? You can ask him to help you not get bitten, not have trouble. And as you're in fellowship with him, I really believe he goes ahead of you and protects you because your mind has stayed on him. When things happen, it's because you got out in the weeds. And you weren't thinking about him. You were angry at someone. And you were laying awake trying to think of how to get even with them or something. That brings you away from God. He's got ways of bringing you back. Maybe that's the morning you go in the bathroom and get bit in the toe by a brown recluse. <laughs> you know? Get bit in your foot, you're probably going to lose toes. 
from what I've read. Very, very bad, but I think you can make it to heaven with missing toes, I'm pretty sure. God gets our attention. God gets our attention. We're just over an hour, um, so we'll go ahead and close. No one has anything to add. Let's join hands. Reverend Davis. Father God, we thank you for another day. We thank you for watching over us throughout the night, taking care of us, Lord. We ask our blessings upon our family, Lord. Father, we ask that I look into our hearts if you find anything that shouldn't be. Take it out. Fill us up with your love, your joy. Help us to be excited about you, Yes, Lord. Lord. Not our will, Father, but that will be done in our lives. We ask that I bless the people that's in Ukraine, Lord. Bless all the people that are homeless, the little children, the animals, Lord. Not our will, Father, but thy will be done in their lives and our lives. Bless our president. Bless those that are in control and those that think they have power. We know that all power is in your hand. Yes. This we ask in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.